The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, in total, over the last two years, seven people have died in Turkey while undergoing uh, medical uh, procedures. The latest was the death of a man last month who was in the country. Uh, for some dental work. Uh, Professor Helen Hennigan is with me now. She's a consultant surgeon in St. Vincent's Hospital and Dr. Will Reimer, chair of the GP Committee of the Irish Dental Association. You're both very welcome to the show. Helen, how common is it now that yourself and colleagues within the the, the medical profession are, are treating people who have come home from Turkey? Thanks, Kieran. Um, from a bariatric surgery perspective, which is my area of expertise, it's unfortunately very common. So, for example, at St. Vincent's University Hospital, uh, more than once weekly, we would receive patients back with emergency complications uh, after uh, seeking and undergoing bariatric surgery abroad. Um, and it's not just uh, a problem in Turkey. You know, there's a number of sites to which people travel, uh, but certainly people traveling to Turkey would be one of the most common, that would be one of the most common destinations we would see. So, you know, the, and the, the volume of complications we're seeing is rising. There has been a threefold increase in the number of emergency presentations to our unit over the last three years. Um, and it doesn't look like it's slowing down uh, anytime soon based on the last few weeks. And what are the reasons that those patients are going to Turkey and other countries? So I suppose bariatric surgery is the most effective treatment for severe obesity. And, you know, that's that's become really evident over the last number of years. And patients will be aware of that. So people who live with obesity and who suffer from complications will have done their homework and generally realise that bariatric surgery is uh, the most effective treatment for that in the long term. But it's not a quick fix. And, you know, when we select patients for surgery here in Ireland, we put them through a really lengthy and rigorous preoperative process to select them appropriately, educate them appropriately um, and select the right procedure for them if indeed they're suitable mm. to go ahead for surgery. But unfortunately, sur- bariatric surgery isn't as accessible in Ireland as it should be, um, largely because it hasn't been funded appropriately until very recently, until, for example, the, the, the budget last October uh, committed that the government and the Department of Health committed to providing programmatic funding for bariatric surgery in Ireland uh, into the future. So things will change, but the legacy of underfunding over the last two decades, or if not longer, has led to lengthy waiting lists and poorly accessible services. And and the reason that you end up treating people when they come home, is it that they are possibly not suitable for this type of surgery, yet they go and get it in Turkey? or, or, Or is it that the the surgery itself is is suboptimal the level of the, the the standard of treatment rather that they get in turkey it's really hard to know Kieran. like we don't know the denominator of people going abroad so with any surgery mm. there's a risk of a problem happening but and i i, I am at pains to say that bariatric surgery is a very safe intervention when it's performed in centres for obesity management, centres of excellence and in hospitals with JCI accreditation, as would St. Vincent's uh, Hospital Group would would have all of those quality um, uh, stamps. So, you know, it's I mean, people go abroad for surgery because well, let me, they can't would I, would, access would, it here. Would I, interrupt you, I don't want to be rude, but um, let me put it this way. You, you, you know then how many of your own patients or patients in Ireland yeah. develop complications and then you can extrapolate based on how many people come home from Turkey that if, if the rate of complication is the same and, and ergo the standard of care is the same, mm. you can work out how many people are going. And I guess y- y- you can tell yourself whether that number is kind of astronomical or realistic. 
Yeah, it does seem to me. And again, but we, we can't extrapolate that because we do not know how many people are traveling abroad. But based on the number of complications coming back and in some instances, the severity of them, including the fact that of, I think, the seven unfortunate mortalities that you've mentioned, six of them were from bariatric procedures, that they're, they're, they're certainly, you know, that wouldn't be the the safety profile of bariatric surgery here or in any centre where I've worked previously in the US and in the UK that are centres of excellence or have been centres of excellence. Mm. So it does seem from some of the complications I've managed that unfortunately my impression is that sometimes corners are cut in terms of the quality of care that's delivered. Um, And the most obvious example is there is no selection process for people going abroad and there is no follow-up. And even if you take the surgical episode out of the delivery of bariatric surgery, they're equally important, as important as the care, as the operative procedure itself. Um, and they're, you know, lacking. That's, you know, I, I don't, that's not more than anecdote. It's very clear uh, that patients go abroad without, they, they arrive the day before, regardless of their health status, they are getting an operation the next day, you know, for, the, you know, without really, we would put people through, for example, over a nine month um, uh, education and preparation and selection process before a bariatric procedure, which isn't always, it doesn't always have to be that lengthy, but that allows us to prepare patients. Mm-hmm. And if patients aren't suitable to determine that in advance rather than put them through a procedure that might be very effective but that they may not be ready for either ever or at that moment in time. So, you know, that's certainly something that's lacking. And then in terms of the surgical procedure itself, I do think there's shortcuts in terms of um, the care delivered around that piece. For example, patients are sometimes nursed in hotels afterwards, not in a hospital. Um, and that's, you know, I mean, that's sold to patients as, uh, you know, you get a four-star experience or a five-star experience depending on the hotel you're being nursed in afterwards. And that's absolutely inappropriate. These yeah. are invasive, high-risk, they're not high-risk, they're low-risk procedures when done appropriately, mm. but that involves being managed in you know a hospital setting um, and monitored uh, constantly for the first night after surgery at least and then that can be stepped down as is appropriate. Um, So you know those things are certainly some areas where I think there's deficits in the quality of care delivered. Uh, I I mentioned Dr Will Reimer the chair of the GP committee of the Irish Dental Association is with us as well. Will you're welcome to the show. Um, Do you have the same concern that there is some evidence that on occasion corners are cut in Turkey and other places. Yeah, good evening, Kieran. Firstly, I suppose I'd like to offer my sympathies to the family of the man who's, pa- who's passed away. It's a terrible tragedy, and it's unthinkable that these sort of crises can happen in dentistry. Generally, extremely safe uh, procedure. Look, we you, you would see good quality dentists and poor quality dentists in in many countries, but. Uh, the kind of cases that I'm reviewing, which are coming back from abroad, uh, they're not simple cases. You know, I, I've had instances where I've seen a patient for examination. I've maybe recommended uh, a couple of small fillings, uh, cleaning, and maybe, you know, if the patient is interested in cos- particular cosmetic procedures, maybe a, a course of tooth whitening. But they're coming back for their six-monthly review, having had huge blocks of porcelain restorations covering multiple teeth. They're all fused together. It's often inappropriate. Um, unfortunately, these because these teeth are now welded together, uh, the whole smile is pivotal uh, on each of those individual teeth, and, and these teeth are very aggressively treated. In dentistry, we, we tend to be we're an extremely conservative profession. We like to avoid cutting. I spend you know most of my day counselling patients to to manage their teeth and to avoid drilling unless absolutely necessary. Um, and these large aggressive cases would leave you wincing. 
Uh, and the reason that people go for dental work, well, is it the same as as Helen outlined when it comes to bariatric surgery? It's a kind of a combination of costs and access. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, I I'm, and I said I echo most of what my uh, medical colleague was saying. A significant number of patients returning from abroad. Uh, the Irish Dental Association did a survey in 2018, and three quarters of Irish dentists reported having to deal with post dental tourism problems. And it used to be solely about economics, um, but Irish dentistry, to some extent, Irish. Uh, healthcare is in a de facto state of collapse. Access is now a problem as well. So we have the medical card scheme, PRSI scheme, the public dental service, so children's dentistry. They're all all those services are collapsing. Um, so so you know groaning under the weight of years of government neglect. So if a patient wants treatment, they're now having to employ increasingly desperate tactics mm. to be to be seen. So I mean so given everything you've just outlined, is this a problem you suspect is going to get worse or, or certainly you're going to have to continue to contend with? I think so. It's not uh, exclusively uh, Turkey. You know, obviously people go to the UK and have problems. People will go up to the, to the north of Ireland. When you're traveling long distances, it's very difficult to get uh, good quality follow-up care. I think that, um, you know, the UK have gone as far, they've had 24 deaths related to medical tourism in the same time period. And they've gone as far to, to issue a, a warning on the Foreign Office website regarding medical tourism to certain jurisdictions. And I do think that say, it's time that we educated people a little more about the dangers. I think that, um, you know, it, we'd always recommend patients mm. when they're considering, and they, they often talk to us in advance. It's not always the case, but they will often talk to us in advance. Uh, you know, it's, we'd always advise them to check the bona fides of the dentist that they're going to very carefully. But I'd have great skepticism about trusting any commercial entity that is relying on coming to a, a foreign country and recruiting actively advertising for dental patients. I, I would have great difficulty mm. trusting that that company has my interests at heart. Well, listen, we appreciate your time, Will. Thanks a million for joining us. Dr. Will Reimer, who's chair of the GP Committee of the Irish Dental Association, and Professor Helen Hennigan is a consultant surgeon at St. Vincent's uh, Hospital. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.